All right, well, I want to invite, give you guys the opportunity to invite up Brandon Davis and Ricky. Come on for the word. Right on, right on. So you guys, as we're, we're as a church, we've entered into pray first, right? We wanted to, to just kind of spend these weeks talking about prayer and how it's affected us, how it's affected those around us, and just the testimony behind it. And so what I wanted to do, um, what my job here today is really just to start it, but Brandon, we're going we're gonna to hear just what God's doing in his life, especially through prayer, through that prayer time, what it's looked like for us. How many of you know when we first saved our prayer time looked a little different than now as we grow into that faith, right? As we grow in maturity, as we grow in relationship with the Lord that can transition, that can change over time. So when you started praying, when you started speaking to God, it looked a lot different than where you're at now, right? Or it's supposed to, we're supposed to go glory to glory. We're supposed to be learning, growing, right? That, that milk that Paul talks about eventually is supposed to turn into meat, right? And so uh, make sure that that's, that's going on. If you're not doing that, get connected with some guys who are not going to beat the Bible over your head, right, but, but are going to encourage you. And so with that being said, you know, Brennan, um, you know, what, what, I, what I really wanted to do was just to ask one probing question, but I know you're a man who sets things on fire, man. And so uh, I just wanted to be able to start that, but just let you, let you go. Um, and so with that being said, you know, as, as we were talking about it, through your prayer time, right, as you entered into the faith, how did it look when you started? Where, did, where is it now? And kind of what has God been revealing to you lately through prayer? Absolutely. <clears throat> and I'm excited to share on that. Um, and first, I would like to kind of speak about my prayer life, or before I even had a prayer life. Um, <clears throat> I had no dedication to the Lord. I had no consistency with the Lord. And I believe that where there is consistency, it deepens your sensitivity. That being to the, to the when you attune your ear to the shepherd, right, you're going to be able to hear and sense when he's speaking to you and leading you into a direction. So this is something that I lacked and that I didn't have in the beginning of, I was always a believer. I was raised in the church, but I never had that devotion. And it's something looking back that I wish I had because I can look at certain moments in my life where monumental moments would come up and I needed to make a decision for me and for my family. And since I lacked that dedication to the Lord, I wasn't able to discern where the spirit of God was leading me. So this led to a lot of unnecessary contention between me and my family members where a decision needed to be made. And a lot of hurts and pains came up because I wasn't able to hear the direction that the Lord was leading me into. And looking back on it, it's not that the Lord wasn't speaking to me. He's speaking to some of you. And sometimes we just need to take the time to slow down and see what it is he's saying. I always understood that it was my voice that I could hear. It was the enemy's voice or God's voice. But again, whenever you do not have consistency, you're going to lack the sensitivity. So I could have saved myself a lot of hurt and a lot of pain for certain things that could have been clear if I had devotion and dedication to the Lord. So uh, speaking about my, so what happens is about three years ago, actually this month, I had some like a fundamental breakdown with some very important things in my life. Um, and the reason that this happened was because I built upon my own foundation, right? And we already know what happens when you do that. It's going to crumble eventually. Some people, it's, and it's almost a blessing when it crumbles because it shows that you can't support yourself. You can't hold yourself. The only thing that will ever last in this world is dedication, devotion to the Holy Spirit, 
to Jesus and he will lead you. So it's, it was a blessing that things fell in my life, but I was crushed. And even today I sit here as a broken man, not fully restored with the things that I have lost, but I will tell you, I am in such a better place because I have, I have relationship with the Holy Spirit. I have a relationship with the Lord. So what happened was when these things broke down in my life, I already knew I needed to go to the Lord. I had experimented with marijuana, uh, with drinking, and I already knew that wasn't the answer. So I had to pursue the Lord. And during my pursuit of the Lord, knowing he was the answer, it took about a, a month and a half where I'm just pursuing and pressing and praying and really finally starting some consistency with the Lord. And about a month and a half after this, I finally have some type of breakthrough where the Lord gives me 10 days of encounters in sequence. And I ended up writing these encounters in Word documents, and there's a time and season for everything that's under heaven, so I don't believe right now it's time for me to share the specifics of those encounters, but what I will say is he brought me a promise, and he showed me how to fight and contend for that promise, so though I'm standing here or sitting here right now, and when I look in the natural, my circumstances are screaming everything contrary to what I know the promise of the Lord was for my life, but that's okay because the Lord has given me a vision and I've taken that vision and he's taught me to pray from a spirit of thankfulness. That's one of the biggest things that you can do is align your mind and your vision through Christ in order to pray from a position of thankfulness and say, even though I don't see it, Lord, I see it in my heart and I see it in my mind and align your body to it. Your body is going to feel whatever, you, whatever thoughts you're putting in it. The Bible says that from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? So what that means is whatever you're speaking, you're going to feel. And Proverbs also says, for whatever a man thinketh, so is he. So this should show us we need to pay a little bit more attention to what we're saying and what we're thinking as it relates to the promise of the Lord. So that kind of leads me and made me think of a particular scripture, if you don't mind me sharing it, in Luke chapter 1 of a man who it seems like he had a lost prayer. And what happens is he's praying in the temple. This man was Zechariah. He was a father of John the Baptist, and his wife was Elizabeth, who was the cousin of Mary, the mother of Jesus. And I want to read Luke chapter 1, verses 11 through 15. And just to give a little bit of context, he was of the Levitical priesthood. And what happens is he was on duty to go into the temple to pray. And he goes into the temple and he lights incense, which is a symbol of our prayers ascending into heaven. That's something that we got to understand, too. When we're praying, we're praying, we're praying from a position of connection and trusting and believing that he hears us when we ask in accordance to his will. So as he is praying, he has an encounter with an angel. And I want to take a drink of water real fast. Well, while, you, while you say that, as your, as your machine gun and everybody real quick. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I just want to, the reality, I mean, was something that he said that was pivotal that people often forget is that our words that align with his, right? So often we're praying for things and we're believing for things. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just, as a brother in love, I'm going to tell you guys this. There are things that you might be praying for that do not align with his word. And I want to wake you up right now to say, if it does not align with his word, it will not happen. I love you enough to tell you that. You can pray all you want. You can fast all you want. You can take those 21 days. Do whatever you want, y'all. But guess what? If it does not align with his word and his will for you, it will not happen. It will not show up. That's exactly what I was saying. It's going to crumble, right? So that's why we got to make sure we have a dedication and a devotion to the Lord so we can see what his will for our lives are is. So I want to read uh, 
Luke chapter 1, verses 11 through 15. And again, this is an angel of the Lord coming to Zechariah. And what happens is he's almost reminded of a lost prayer. And we don't see that specifically in scripture where it's saying this was a lost prayer. But when you read the story as a whole, you're going to see this is something that was once lost. And the angel of the Lord brought this up to his remembrance that he needed to start contending and believing for this thing that he stopped praying for. So with that being said, there may be certain things in your lives that you might have stopped praying for. And I would like to encourage you during this time of redevotion to the Lord or rededication to the Lord to figure out and ask the Lord, is there something that I need to pick up again and continue to fight for and contend for? So let me read verses 11 through 15. It says, Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. So what was key is the Lord has heard your prayer. And why do we know from scripture that this is a prayer that was lost is because he was of old age, we see, and his wife had an infertile womb. She wasn't able to produce a, a child. So in the natural, he's looking at it with his natural eyes saying, okay, it's done. I'm hopeless. This is kind of a comparison of Abraham, Isaac, and his, his, uh, Abraham's wife, Sarah, right? Everything on the natural was screaming out at you, it's not possible. It's not likely. But here the Lord is bringing him a reminder of something that he once prayed for. And the Lord is revitalizing a hope that was once lost. But what's interesting is he begins to doubt it, even though the angel is standing in his presence and saying, I, w I just came from the throne of God to bring you your promise. And what happens is he doubts. And it's very important to watch our hearts for certain things that the Lord is telling us to and make sure that we are going to hold on to him with a confident trust, no matter what our circumstances are screaming out to us. So I want to read uh, <clears throat> verses 18 through 20, where it shows that he was doubting. So this is Zechariah's reply to this angel. And he says in verse 18, Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. I want to speak on that very la those, those last couple words, at their appointed time. I've heard a saying, it goes like this, to rush God is to find fault with him. We have to understand that it's going to happen in God's appointed time. If he says it, it's going to happen. So the next thing that stuck out to me was, why was his mouth shut? He's questioning this promise that the angel gave him. And what happens is if you, the same angel Gabriel ends up going to the mother Mary, Mary, the mother of Jesus, three months later and saying, you are going to give birth to Jesus. And she questions as well, but her mouth's not shut. So there's a difference. He opened his mouth and doubted. Mary opened his, her mouth and was intrigued. So this is a big difference. Whenever we open our mouths, we got to make sure that we're not spewing out doubt for what the Lord has told us. And that's been a big thing that I have to align my heart to. Because, again, I keep reiterating the same thing is there, the enemy is going to bring up so many things in front of you that's going to try and bring you down. Right. And. Again, we have to realign our minds with what, what God is telling us to do. So one thing that I thought was, 
why did God close his mouth? And again, it was because of doubt, but it was a blessing. I look at it as a blessing because sometimes we can run our mouth so much and get in this pattern of speech that we don't even realize what we're saying. We don't even realize we're setting our hearts up in opposition to the promise of the Lord. Mm. And that was a blessing that the Lord closed his mouth because no longer can he speak against the promise of God, but now he has time to internalize what the Lord is trying to work within his heart and produce that through humility and just being quiet. That's something that I had to learn too over and over again is watch your mouth because it's going to set the position and the direction for your heart. And it's very important also to understand that if we're not being led by the Spirit of God, then we're being led astray, right? There's some Christians that have salvation, but they are bound up in certain things that the Lord wants us to be free, free in. Yeah, that's good. So the next thing that I would like to speak about is finally Zechariah's mouth begins to open. And what happens is his mouth is open once his baby is given birth and he begins to prophesy over his child about what he was going to be and what he was going to do. And this is found in verses 76 through 80. I'm not reading the whole context because he does go on to say a lot about what John the Baptist was going to do and how he was going to prepare a way for the people and be a light to the people. But verse 76 through 80, it says, in you, my child, this is John the Baptist prophesying and his mouth is finally open and now he can kind of openly express out of joy and excitement what the Lord was working through him. Now he can finally verbalize the promise that the Lord put on his heart and prophesy and speak over it. And there's some things that the Lord is going to give you that you're going to have to continue to activate and continue to press for and contend for. Yeah, that's good. So verse 76 to 80, it says, In you, my child, you will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come, come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel. One thing that I thought that was very interesting was John the Baptist's name, it actually means God is gracious. So as I was studying, I wrote on the side of my Bible, it says, his birth, speaking of John the Baptist, his birth signals a new era in relationship between God and humans, an era characterized by grace and not by law. And this is very important because whenever the priest is raising up their son in the Levitical line, he's going to raise him up to carry the traditions in the temple. But what happens is this is a new era. So Zechariah doesn't follow, or John the Baptist doesn't follow his father into the temple to deal with the things of the Lord. He goes into the wilderness, right? That's huge. And I, I thought that maybe it might be true that for us, there's a certain direction that the Lord is leading some of our children into that we just need to trust the Lord and put our, and put our faith and our hope on that. Yeah. We can, that's, that's a promise that we can hold on to that we raised our children up in the Lord. And even if you didn't, continue to intercede and fight for them. And there's a direction that the Lord is going to lead them into and continue to pray and contend, contend for that. Um, I don't know if I said real quick go, here. Yeah, go ahead, man. Go you know, Brent, one of the things that I, I appreciate in conversation, especially I noticed with you, you mentioned a while back um, in, in a different conversation, when you know your father's voice, it's because of relationship. Relationship is prayer, right? Pastor Dwayne talked about it on Sunday morning. Um, 
he encouraged people, new believers, right, to get a Bible, to get baptized, but also to, to converse with your father. And that looks like prayer. During that time, you mentioned, man, after a while, you start to develop this sense of his voice. It's because you're diving in, you're building a relationship. There's a reason why when you're in the, in the middle of, of Meyer and your kids are screaming out for you and they hear your voice, they run to you, right? It's because they know their father's voice. In that same vein, in your pressing time of the Lord, from when you first started being a believer to where you're at now, he's brought you into depth, relationship, and revelation, but it's because of your desire and your consistency and commitment to develop that relationship, right? Mm -hmm. And so you talk about Zechariah <clears throat> taking these traditions, or, or John the Baptist taking these traditions as, a, as, as his father, this is the legacy, this is the, what they lived in, right? But it takes a knowing of God to change that kind of legacy, right. you know? And, and so we can, we, can, we can applaud Zechariah, but we can also applaud John because of his pursuit and what it looked like to follow the Lord too. Because yeah. not only did he, his dad, prophesy over him, but he had, he had the ability to walk in that prophetic declaration over his life or not to, but that's something that requires the Lord's relationship, right? right? Absolutely. And so, you know, with you bringing this back to modern day, right? How have you personally witnessed this even in your own family's life? You mentioned it earlier, man, just taking a stake and a claim for your family. Um, but what does that pressing in time look like? So these other guys who, you know, who might not be in that place, but go, man, I want that for me. Where do they start? Right. Yeah. Again, it starts with dedication, but what it looks like is the more that I got into the quiet times of prayer, the, the more the Lord gave me a sp specific direction and things to pray into. And I just want to put out there that sometimes you're not going to hear or feel anything. Sometimes I just sit in the presence of the Lord and I, I put on a worship song and I say, I'm going to sing these words to you even though I don't feel it. Yeah. Right? The Lord loves that. I want to bless your heart. I told Ricky once, if there's other people over here breaking your heart, sinning against you. I pray that whenever you look my direction, you're going to see me glorifying you yeah. and that I can bless the father's heart. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, the more that I got into the presence of the Lord, the more that he gave me direction and encouragement for this promise that he gave me. And I would like to read first Corinthians two yeah. verses nine through 10. Yeah. And what happens is Paul is, he is speaking about, and he quotes an old Testament verse, and then he puts a new Testament revelation on it, a new truth about the new era and the newness of what the Lord is doing through the spirit of the Lord. So he quotes Isaiah 64. This is what he reads about it. He says, it says, however, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard and what no human mind has conceived. Now he says about this, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things that God has revealed to us by his spirit. So what he is saying is under the old covenant, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, but these are the things now that the coming of the Holy Spirit in the new covenant under the blood of Jesus Christ, these are the things that have been revealed to us. So speaking about my own personal flow and intimacy with the Lord is that he has revealed the promise for my life and he wants to do so to you. Right. And I, I really want to touch on one, one more thing was sometimes we got to do some introspection and look back on some certain things that we thought we were healed from <laughs> because the whole destruction of my foundation it fell because I thought I was healed from something that happened to me in my childhood. I thought that because I could be around these individuals that hurt me in my youth that I was healed just because I could be around them and have a relationship with them. And that was a lie. So once I got into spending time with the Lord, the Lord was able to show me you weren't healed in 
You see, when you didn't deal with the root back here, that's why you carried that all the way up here and you built upon your own foundation and that's why it fell. So there's, in your time of intimacy and prayer with the Lord, I wanna encourage you that there may be some things that you felt like you were healed from, but maybe the Lord is saying, I need to take care of you a little bit more, right? So with that being said, I mean, there, there's more that I could say. I don't know how much time we got left. I a, a dangerous, based off of what you just said, you know, one of, something that I immediately thought of is a dangerous prayer that we could pray towards God and ask him is, Lord, find areas in my heart to be circumcised, right? <laughs> and God will have a field day with it. Yeah. There are times, you know, Brandon, so to your point, there are things, childhood wounds that you thought you've dealt with or you didn't even realize you were dealing with and all of a sudden, one day, as you're, as you're entering into that one-on-one -on -one time with God, he brings it up. There's so many times where, even in my life, I've said, okay, God, I feel like I'm, I'm good. There, I, I think I've told you guys before, there was a season where I was entering into uh, uh, going to counseling, and, and one, of a, one of the believers I know who's a, a therapist, he, um, he was kind of walking through that and navigating with me. And one day, I'm sitting down on the, the chair, and uh, he goes, so how are things? And I'm like, oh, I'm awesome. I feel great. Within five minutes, I'm just like, dude, I don't, I don't know what I did. But, but it's what it is truly is allowing the Lord to literally expose everything in your life. If you, ever, if you have a moment, connect with Caleb Crocker on exposure and what that looks like with the Lord. Nakedness, when Adam and Eve experienced it, okay, it wasn't a, oh, they just don't have clothes on. But they were living a posture and a lifestyle of saying, God, you have all of me. Nothing will be hidden. Everything I have is for you to circumcise. Everything I have is for you to go and, 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 and invade in my life. We were called to live a life of exposure. Whether we realize it or not. But the moment Adam and Eve did their thing, all of a sudden it's this sin that they got into. And what sin is, is saying... I need things covered. Right. I want to live in the dark. But that prayer time, that one-on-one -on -one with God that you're talking about, that prayer time that we so desperately need is that exposure, right? I'm telling you, if you, if you have a moment, connect with uh, Caleb Crocker. He, he's been diving deep in that. Um, shout out to, to my bald-headed brother over there. Wave your hand because there might be some other brothers around here. Amen. Anyways, with that being said, um, <laughs> but Brandon, for you... <clears throat> Man, as you're pressing in and, 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 and just continuing your, you know, your, your faith journey, your prayer life, um, what's one thing that I guess you could leave today with these guys and saying, man, you know, if, if all else, right, if any, anything else I shared that didn't resonate with you, at least this one thing. You talked about consistency. You talked about hearing the Lord so well that you develop an ear for that, right? My sheep know my voice. Right. Um, but what's something else that you feel like, man, has been uh, detrimental to your prayer walk? Yeah, just having in the faith that the Lord does encourage me that he's going to do what he said he was going to do and restore what has been lost. But I position my heart that, Lord, even if not, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe you and I'm going to serve you, even if it freaking hurts, even if it kills, even if I have to be on my knees weeping and crying, I'm going to lift my hands up to you as a sacrifice and glorify you in that moment. So. That's I guess there, there's a lot I could say more, but yeah, sure. it looks like we're out of time. So. Yeah, we're so one thing real quick that, that you just said, um, that even if my faith isn't there, his end of the bargain still is, right? Even if, if, even if I don't show up, I know that he is faithful, right? 
that position that we need to get into, right? Whatever you're believing in, trust that when God sent his son, his game plan was to put all of it out there. He, he has no plan A, plan B. It was plan Jesus all along. So with that, his plan came into succession and it worked. Jesus came, he died, he was raised again, and now we have the promise of a righteous life. That's what Jesus did. He restored right standing relationship with us. I said it earlier in worship, you are no longer carrying and walking in, in rags, but you're walking with robes of righteousness. How many of you are walking with robes of righteousness? Every hand should be up right now. Every single one of you are walking with robes of righteousness over yourselves. All right? If we don't have faith in us, at least have faith in Jesus.